Hello, hello, and welcome back, my Yankee Yiddos. I know it's been a long time, and I have huge apologies and reasons, excuses, whatever it takes to win your love back. But I am here today with my good friend, Nick Turns, in the very cold state of Wisconsin. Um, how are we doing, Nick? Not, not great after yesterday, but how are you doing in general? Uh, finally thawed, because I did get to go to that USA match, thawed out from there. There we go. But doing all right. Confused is a good word, I feel like, after rewatching yesterday's match. Yes, yes. Very confused. So you had said that before we went on air, and I told you to hold all those emotions in. So I'm curious about what that means, and and we're going to get to it very soon. Um, Before we start, before we kick off what happened yesterday in a very crazy game, um, really spursy, not really in just a bad way, but just really unpredictable. Um, so before we kick that off, I do want to tell everyone we apologize for being gone for so long. Um, me and Nick actually did an amazing show a few weeks ago after the Lester game, after the late night show with Stevie Bergwine. Um, me and Nick had, I would say one of our best shows ever. I think I over two hours, you know, it was, it was a lot yeah. of fun. We discussed a lot. Um, we ranted a lot. And then at the end, when I went to edit it, it only saved the first four minutes. So I don't know exactly why that happened. Um, But the first four minutes were probably our worst four minutes, too. So it wasn't worth posting those four. (laughs) Well, it was a mix of pre-show just bullshitting. And then like (laughs) one minute of us actually talking. Um, But yeah, so we apologize to everyone. But that show got deleted. So that pushed us back even further was fairly disheartening. Uh, we tried to get ourselves up and, and record again, but it just hasn't happened until now. Either way, we apologize for that, and uh, we're happy to be back. You know, I know we had a lot of fun on that show. This one, because of the result, obviously won't be as much fun. Um, but with that being said, we have a second backup recording device now. We're getting more and more professional. <laughs> um, but, yes, yeah, so with all that said, I want to jump straight into it and straight into your confusing emotions. Um, so you had to watch it today. You didn't get to watch it live. Um, I had it, yeah, I had it like on in the background I was, as I was working on a, a project of mine. Um, okay. So, so I, I was more into the project than the game. So, yeah. Because it was obviously more important at the moment. But yeah. So I rewatched it this morning and yeah, just confused. I don't. Yeah. I don't know how to how to take the game. Like, I looked afterwards and I saw a lot of hate on yeah uh, Royal, a lot of hate on Sanchez. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I uh, Royal had a really average game, I would say. Like, mm. only was anything like we haven't seen from him. It wasn't terrible, except for like a good that two minute stretch where we gave up those last two goals, and that was really bad on his part. Yeah. Um, and we'll get to that. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, that's why I'm confused. I just don't know what to take away from the match. It's just, yeah, there was lots of good and lots of bad. So I'm just like, I don't know how I feel about it. No, I hear you. And so I have a very similar story with my watching experience. Um, it started at 11.45 here. I had to be at work at 12.30. So I had it on in the background as I was getting ready. And then luckily at my job, I was able to have it on. 
but very similar. I wasn't able to watch every minute. I wasn't able to really analyze much. I watched the extended highlights, but that doesn't tell you too much. So my role today is I have a lot of questions from what I've heard and from the little bit I've seen, and we're going to help you know sort through your confusing up and down ideas, and I will be the questionnaire. You will be you know the one helping me figure out what the hell happened and how we should what we should take from this. So basically, if this podcast sucks, it's all my fault. It's, it's all on Nick, guys. Let's go. <laughs> go. All right. Hell yeah. Well, let's let's jump straight into it. So how we usually do, um, we already talked about, you know, how we watched it, which was not very easily or not, not very profound, very sparsely. But um, jumping straight into the lineup from yesterday – very easy. It was the exact same lineup as Brighton uh, at yep. the FA Cup. Um, not really just going through everyone name by name, but what were your thoughts on just having the same lineup? Because we played so well against Brighton. Yeah, I was not surprised at all. Um, <clears throat> like zero surprises. I. Yeah, no, that's pretty much what I thought. I mean, I was going to say something like maybe you, we, I was thinking we might see like Bendikur or Kulu get like a start, but yeah, probably. I will not surprise they didn't nor yeah. was i really expecting that i was just that was like the only thing i could have maybe seen um but yeah um, this is exactly what i expected because like you said brian was we played pretty solid and this kind of seems like his lineup when everyone all these guys are healthy and available so yes yeah no i fully agree i mean the only one really missing and that's just for health reasons i think i would say would be dire yeah um, i guess yeah but that's why i knew i said no surprises because i knew he wasn't gonna be playing but yeah yeah Right. And Dyer would definitely, sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, Dyer would definitely have been in that starting 11 with instead of Sanchez probably at this point. So, Well, that was actually my first question for you is who would have been dropped out of that back three? You already answered it, Sanchez. But, you know, Sanchez and Davies have been starting for most of the season, most of Conte's time here. Uh, Romero being the old, like the new addition, do you think Romero would go straight in and Sanchez or, I mean, Davies or someone would come out? Or do you even think uh, that we might even have a formation change with our defense? No, I don't see that. I he'll still stick with I think the four three four three three. Um and then wait, not four three three, sorry. The uh, four five two five three five <laughs> five three I don't know. I can't I can't talk right now. <laughs> he'll stick with the same formation. I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm trying to do the math in my head. Uh, three, four, four, three. Sorry. Three, four, three is what yeah. he'll have. He'll stick with. And Davies will still be in because he's our only left-footed center back. Yeah. So he'll be on that left side. Romero definitely st- starts. I mean, okay. shown it over the last two matches for sure. And then Sanchez is that wild card, the guy that he'll probably just drop because Dyer Can seems to be a little bit more reliable. But, I mean, mm-hmm. Sanchez, I don't think he's been terrible. As he's been getting these minutes like you've been talking about, I think he's looked pretty solid, actually. I've been very very happy with him. Certainly. I think Sanchez has been one of our best defenders all season, uh, maybe because we don't have too many other defenders to go in there, but he's played good. Um, But now, moving back over to Romero, um, him getting his second start, um, one of his first starts in the Premier League, you know, all season and with us under Conte, all of these things. Um, how did you feel about 
Romero on the pitch, mainly like first half, because we'll kind of move on to second half, but just in general, how did you feel about Romero and what he did at, at our center back position? Um, he's a beast back there. He definitely yeah. is a physical guy. He He's up for the Premier League with, in terms of physicality and pace and everything. Mm-hmm. Cuts out a lot of good passes. Like He's yeah. really good. He looked really good, I thought, this game. Um, defensively, it, the only things I saw him and like again, that this is gonna be hit or miss, and he's just coming back. But he just his passes going forward, he missed on a few big big opportunities. I thought, or passes going forward, he, he gave it away mean, a bit. Okay, I was gonna say, do you mean he picked out the wrong pass, or he just the pass wasn't good enough? This pass wasn't good enough, but it wasn't. I mean, it wasn't like it was, he was terrible at it. I mean, there was yeah. just a few here or there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, why are you going there? And then it was a bad pass, but like overall, he was solid, like really good. I mean. He makes up for everything defensively in terms of cutting out passes, good tackles and challenges, and just being physical and a leader back there. So, yeah, yeah. I thought he would look really good, and I think he's definitely going to be great for us in the future and yeah. now. And I think uh, just, you know, just as you're saying, like, he might have had a few off passes. Um, that's maybe something, you know, you notice while watching, but also he had a lot of good passes going forward. Yeah. And it was his pass into um, for the first goal. It was his pass into Lucas. Um, the base, or I don't know if that was the first goal, but he had a lot of very good passes going forward early that really started the play, started the attack. And I think that's something in the last few weeks when we didn't have uh, Romero or Dyer, it was really hard building up from the back as far as. Uh, you know, just just everything where where it would start, it was very uncreative. It would slowly move up the field and then kind of like never make it to the front line. Uh, I was really a fan from what I saw of his pat, quick passing, aggressive passing into feet. That's definitely one of his pluses, though, is that he does that and he looks to get forward and goes for. He usually gets forward well, and that's probably why I said like I was a little disappointed with some of them because like he's that's usually one of the his strongest like abilities out of the back which yeah. we don't have your right dire dire can do it but he's very hit or miss with it so yeah i, th- I think before romero dire was the only other one doing it um, one. I, I, and i think romero is better than him at it. i think romero has uh like a hunting ability a, a taste a knack for going forward and for beating players um i think i think you're exactly right in the sense that it's good it's good to see. It's great to see, but it's also very dangerous. Uh, this is just thinking about going forward. You know, slicing passes through the middle is it can you know cut open a team, and it's good if it makes it. But if it doesn't, it can really put you in a in a bad bad situation. Yeah. And that's like one of the main like things they tell five year olds, at least in America, is like don't pass through the middle, at least not in the back. You know. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it's like you said, it's it's a. Uh, I can't not talk today. It's a <laughs> it's early double story, right? Or blade, right? It's it's it can open up and really get things going for you, or it can put you under that pressure and uh, yeah. get you in a bad spot or behind. Yeah. And it's the but but you also kind of need it at times. So yeah. it's good that we have someone who can do it and wants to do it. Yeah. So, but you were it, talking about getting forward and one. I mean, I'm kind of switching subject here, but I thought Davidson today, Sanchez was really. Got, or yesterday, because I watched it. He was really good at getting forward. He's I saw him in a lot of forward spots. The only thing that 
stinks with him getting forward is he's not great at making those final passes with the ball on like, oh, yeah. someone like Romero. But like I enjoyed seeing him get forward and putting that pressure. And yeah. I mean, I, uh, again, skipping ahead, but that was our, our second goal. He had a nice little touch from, I think it was Winks or Romero played a pass to him. Yeah, nice little touch. Gave it to Kane. Then Kane saw um, more through, and then more with a great cross. But yeah, so yeah. I mean, still need to get forward. We need to get some of these guys forward every once in a while. It just unfortunately, Sanchez isn't great at that final pass. But yeah, well, hopefully he gets better. I think he's one also. I mean, we saw with his just like heading goals earlier in the season and other things. He does like to get forward, and he does want to do things with the ball. I think for me as a teammate or a player it's all it's always a little bit scary when you have your defenders just like drifting forward or going forward because it almost means like the defenders feel like they have to do the forwards position um but i think also kind of like counter argument to what i just said is we have so many defensive players on the field with this setup that a few players whether it's even sanchez or romero will end up drifting forward and it'll be completely fine I think we've seen that a few times where our extra man up top is essentially a defender, you know, Davies, you know, Romero. Um, Yeah. So I think we will see our defense just, you know, drifting forward um, a lot. Um, And hopefully it's not something we get caught out from, you know. Ah. Um, But yeah, so moving forward a little bit, you know, same lineup um, that we start the match. Uh, truthfully, from the beginning, because that's what I got to saw, see the most of just like open play and things like that. The I think the stats were a little bit disingenuous because like the stats around the 20th minute and things like that were like we hadn't had any touches in their box or any touches in the final third. Um, like for the first 15 minutes and they had had like 10. And, and, and that happened a few times throughout the match where they would get a lot closer to our net than we were. But from what I saw, and I want your opinion because you got to see the whole match, I saw a very back-and-forth match the whole time. Like, it was like almost both teams were able to score or, like, really aggressively, and that's that includes Spurs. Um, you know, up until that, our first goal, like, we had had many chances, Romero passes and things like this going forward. Um, what were your thoughts on the beginning of the game and just, like, how we kind of kicked off and – I don't know, the energy of the squad, um, you know, in the beginning. Yeah, and that's like kind of the whole confusion part for me is mm-hmm. it was it was pretty back and forth. I think Southampton had the better of like the possession and looked better than us, to be honest. I think yeah. um, you're right. Like our first 10 minutes were bad. That's why you see those like weird numbers and, and yeah. stats that you're talking about. Our first 10 minutes, we were under a lot of pressure. Southampton had the ball. We're working it well. But then after that, we kind of uh, a couple opportunities. I think it started. There's a that free kick where Romero scored, but he was he was offside. And yeah. then then we had that great little counter again with um, I can't remember who played the first pass, but it was Son. Son played Kane. Kane crossed it. Reggie should have scored. Reggie was like scored. Yes, yes. It was a good. It was a, still a good save though, right? I mean, Foster behind. It was it yeah. beat him. It was just yeah. behind. Eight. Um, but he still should have scored that. Which yeah. Again, and then that's when we really started getting into it again. But I feel like a lot of our things were off counters. We didn't really build too much here or there for the most part. Like it was just quick counters. So that's what kind of was disappointing. It's like we didn't 
hold the ball. We didn't build anything here or there. It was all just yeah. counterattacks. I think that's why you see those weird discrepancies in watching the game because we did create opportunities. Yeah. But we just didn't. There were, there were counters. There were little quick attacks, and then we looked dangerous here or there. Um, more so than how South, Southampton held the ball, moved it around, had yeah. some good opportunities here or there. Um, so yeah, I think that's why you kind of see it. But yeah, I mean, it was definitely back and forth. I mean, yeah. it's hard to say that. I mean, the result might be fair, but like a draw is fair also. And like, it's not completely yeah. unreasonable to say that we could have won this game easily. So like, yeah. And that's like why that keeps saying mm-hmm. I'm confused. It just it could have gone any single way easily. Yeah. I feel like, um, obviously yeah. this way, the loss seems the least likely of the scenarios. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's it was just it was it was crazy. We, yeah. I mean, looking at looking at the whole match and from the like as I was watching it in real time, it was pretty confusing. Also, I was again watching it at work, and um, the end result, you know, that's what I'm most confused about. It's like, damn, how the hell did that happen? Um, yeah. But it, from what I was watching, it was very back and forth. But, I, I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, I think. It was, you know, our style was different from their style. But it's like both teams were getting in behind. Both teams were creating chances. I mean, we pulled the ball out of the net twice for offsides goals. Um, you know, as you said, Reggie, Reggie should have scored. Um, yep. One thing I want to say about that, just while we're touching on it, uh, great ball movement. Great, oh, great pass in from from Sunny. This is what we really haven't seen all season, or even ever, with the Harry Kane Sun Lucas combination. It's usually like either Kane's not moving, or the the pass isn't there on time. So, you know, there's been something off ever since Lucas got here, because ever since Lucas got here, you know, even the Ajax season, they didn't really play on the pitch at the same time. And then when they did, someone was out of position, so it's. I think the attack going forward is really – it's getting better. The fact that we're seeing counterattacks that are not just successful as in we score, but like getting in behind, they're successful as in everyone's on the same page. I mean, Foster made a great save on the Regulon one. But the passing in and then Sonny to know and then the weight of Sonny's pass into Regulon, I mean, it was a perfect pass, a perfect like 30-yard pass. Yeah, um, that it was a great yeah. cross. It was, it was very – much the same as our second goal. Yes. If you actually looking at it, it kind of was the same thing. Little yeah. quick passes up top or like in their third, but not like the final, like their half. Mm-hmm. And then bring someone and then a cross and then a finish. Like, yeah. obviously the first one was the, uh, the own goal, but it was, I mean, it was a dangerous ball that you want to put across because that can happen. Right? Yes. On the first yep. one. So you're right. But that, we didn't see enough of it. And I think part of, also, I was thinking, like you're saying, like with Mora, like Mora can be kind of a black hole more times than not, in my opinion, where he holds on to it and dribbles a lot. Yeah. Um, so that's why you don't see, I feel like, that. But, I mean, that also sometimes opens things up, and we do need that at times. Yeah. Um, but I think that's also why I prefer Stevie, because Stevie is more that quick one-touch. Mm-hmm. He Pass will take you. guys on. Yeah, he will take you on, uh, but not to the extent that Mora typically does. And that's why I like more off the bench, right? Because... Mm-hmm. Things are different. We need to maybe be a little bit more aggressive, go at guys, and I think he's more effective then. But mm-hmm. it's also hard to argue because he's played really well too for us lately. Yeah. Today, this last game, I thought he was he was this typical Doctor Jekyll, Mister Hyde self, where yes. <laughs> it's really good and really bad. But yeah, yeah. No, hopefully, I think Conte is kind of working them all into 
you know, mold that they can understand. I do think for the last two years, as I was kind of alluding to a second ago, it's been confusing for everyone up top. You know, it's like, hey, wait, where do I really go? Am I too close to him? You know, all these different things. Um, I think it's starting to work itself out. I think Lucas is getting better at doing what he does best, you know, but I think you're exactly right. Very Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, two-sided. Um, he's like, he's basically attached to every highlight when you watch the highlight reel, like he's attached to those plays. But then when you watch the match, it's like, he's not attached to much else, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's my issue I have with him. And I think as, yeah. as everyone might hear, know, it's just, that's why I like him off the bench. Cause like, I think he's more effective. That's not a guy I want to see starting every, every game because it's so yeah. inconsistent, but I mean, he's finding some consistency it seems like, but yeah, again, I think that's still a place we can upgrade. So, yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, but, but again, I think we're having the players really start to, you know, work and work well together. And, you know, moving forward with the first half, like, so we scored the goal. I don't know specifically which one came first. I'm not reading it right in front of me at the moment. But, you know, we had the Regulon save, which was a brilliant save. I'll say one yeah, more thing on that in a second. But then we also had the Romero goal called out. And then we had a goal in there. Um, one thing about the Regulon goal is that ball, at least from when it was hit, it looked like it was hit well and then it was going in. Um Regulon is getting better and better because like he would get in these positions since we've had him and it would either go sky high, far left, and he would look like a defender who just no, he is looked like magically. He looked good yesterday. And yes. he, you're right, 100% correct. Sorry to interrupt, but like he is right. getting more and more efficient and yeah. um, looks more dangerous in that yeah. final third than before. You're right. Yeah. And I, he looked, I thought he was one of our better players. Like he got yeah. forward on a lot of those runs. I think it was a little bit later in that second half too. It was a very similar situation where it's a counter and here he comes up the left wing yeah. and he's an option. I mean, the pass I think was a little ahead of him or he might've slowed down his run at wrong angle, but I mean, yeah, he's giving us a lot of options and looking dangerous. His service and crossing was really good again uh, mm -hmm. for us today. I thought too. Yeah. Or yesterday. Sorry. Yeah. I think, uh, I, I think he's like a potential five-star player, but like, and we can all see that, but I think since we've had him, he's been just out of like youth and, uh, you know, lack of ability about a three and a half stars, you know, like, like he's good. He has all these great qualities, but then he doesn't like do anything with it. Um, I think through Conte, he's getting better and better and more confident. And I really just think he needs one of those crosses. That's like a worldly cross that like, he's just, just like the one that got saved. He's going to need one or two of those to go in maybe off the post and really just give him like huge boost of confidence because as a fan, I don't mind if he if Foster makes a fucking ungodly save, you know, a worldly save to to stop you. That's fine. You know, I'd yeah. rather have a goal, but all that shows is that we're doing the right things and let's keep doing it. I think the one thing I'm afraid of is that, you know, which is kind of my my next point, but he he gets the save, you know, Regulon puts his his hands in or like his head in his hands, and then you know, he kind of, the emotion drops a little bit. The excitement drops a little bit. The confidence drops a little bit. And that's when, you know, the other team gets in. That's when you're not putting all the pressure on. So I just think he needs one or two of those. It doesn't have to be every match or right away, but before he really shows us his full potential, he's going to need to put a few of those in. 
And I just hope that he puts a few in before he misses a few more because, you know, I think he is a very emotional player that um, can either be high flying or kind of like down in, down in the dumps. Um, and he's been great. I think he's been great. I mean, ever since we've had him, but I think he needs to like hit a few to keep his momentum in the positive direction it's going. And so with my next point is we had the, you know, Regulon save. We had uh, Romero's goal being called out. And I'm pretty sure this, these were after the goal. At least one of them was. They're before, and, I think. Okay. But, but it seemed like after that, the real high-flying nature of the back and forth that we were, like, getting in behind just kind of, like, you know, compressed and stopped after those few goals. And that's unfortunately, which Conte talks about it, he was like, our biggest problem were mental issues. Now, he was talking about the very end of the game, yeah. you know, when they score two. But I think, I mean, he said it many times, I think that is a huge problem with our team. Not just like, oh, my God, we're all, you know, just like un- like emotional wrecks and can't, you know, pull ourselves up. I think there's a lot of things to do with it. A lot of the players are new on the pitch or, you know, new coach, all these different things that don't make you feel comfortable. But – I personally, I saw, and this was like the time that I was like leaving to go to work before I went to work. It was like this high flying game. And then we scored and it was just like, let's go. And then just a few start getting saved and that, you know, that confidence that you should just have as a footballer, whether you're professional or a kid, that confidence started to wane. And, uh, what, what are your thoughts on basically like after the goal and kind of like what happened with, for the rest of the first half and even starting the second half. But, you know, to me, the game, the, the structure of the game started to change. We had less and less of the ball. But what were your thoughts on kind of like post-goal, you know, Spurs? Yeah, so as we were talking, um, I agree with you 100%. It was mm-hmm. not the way you would think. Like, you'd think you'd score a goal and then you'd be yeah. more – energetic high flying like pressure like really going for that second one but it seemed like as soon as we scored Southampton took all that pressure back like it was like 10 minutes was all Southampton that next 10 15 minutes was more so us and then we scored and then it was back down to Southampton just possessing that ball moving it around our press was terrible we didn't put them under any pressure I mean I can remember so they had so many shots from the middle of the field and like not long range shots, but like mid range, like just outside the 18 kind of shots yeah. that were looking dangerous because we weren't closing down. There was no, no, our press was terrible that first half, I thought. So, um, and I, I think, know if we were pressing. And, and we'll obviously talk about the, the, the two, you know, heartbreaking goals later. But, you know, with that press breaking down, who do you, from being able to watch more of the match than me, who do you kind of like – who did you see either out of position or the, the shot was coming from their position? Is this more of a Romero-Sanchez thing or, you know, does this have to do with Winks and Hoybier? It looked, or, it looked like more Winks and Hoy, Hoyberg to me, like that middle of the field, like that next level up, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I feel like our center backs are going to be a little bit deeper. Not They're not going to be really stepping the shots that are like 22, 24 yards out, you know. That's going to be more of our midfield or yeah. even Son or Mora, right? Depending on if it's on the outside, they might yeah. they should be maybe coming in a little bit more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I thought it was more Winks and Hoiberg. And I, I think you can kind of say that's evident with Hoiberg being subbed off early in the second half. Yep. He wasn't as today. I, I mean, he that 
our first goal though like that again like these are things yeah. that are so confusing he's like he made yeah. a great run through behind the defense and like we didn't yeah. see many of that but every time we had we made those kind of runs like they were dangerous and we had opportunities but we just didn't do it often i don't know why yeah um, but yeah, no, um you're exactly right i think it, it's very confusing i think <laughs> that's a great statement to you know great thesis to open this with because just with hoiberg you know i saw the same thing where uh you know going forward you do cool awesome or like re- very good things where the, whether they're runs or passes but then you know he's still not this like strong middle that we're used to number one um and then i i was very excited you, you took the words out of my mouth i was going to ask you about that early substitution um i was confused that we were subbing so early i wasn't watching the match so like when i saw like oh 60th minute the hoybeer is coming off um but I'm excited that Conte, even though we all love Hoybier and you can tell Conte, you know, supports him too, in the 60th minute, brought him off and was ready to make a change. Um, now, this is my real question to you because I have no idea the answer uh, because I didn't get to see much of this. But when Bentoncourt comes in, did, any, did, did those things that we were just talking about, did, did they get better? And how did he play? I mean, we're jumping forward a bit in the match. We know we're moving f- forward quickly. But when Bentoncourt comes in, you know, did you see uh, holes being filled or even just better play through the middle or anything like that? I thought so. I thought um, the thing I liked about Bentoncourt and noticed, I thought, was he's really good on the ball. Yeah. Uh, and it seemed like he's his first thought is forward, mm-hmm. right? Like, I mean, when Winks was playing good the last few matches, that's what everyone was talking about. Like, he's back to, like, that. And, like, I thought this match he played a lot. Him and Hoiberg, a lot of their passes were either sideways or backwards. Like, without really even – and, like, sometimes it makes sense, right? Like, you have to do that. Like, it's the only thing you have. But, like, it didn't look like they ever tried to really look to go forward first. It was always, oh, it's back. Let's just go back right away. Bentaker always seemed like he had his body open and ready to go forward. And if it wasn't there – it was sideways or backwards, but like his first yeah. instinct was forward. And he, it, I think when he first came on, he played a great cross or field or cross the uh, switch the field to Mora, created opportunity. It was a really bad cross by Mora, but like hmm. we didn't see that at Winks. He didn't see that at a Hoiberg. Like, yeah, they're just super conservative with their passes, and and it was disappointing. But Bentaker, I think, brings that next kind of like a little bit more attacking minded mindset in there. So, yeah. The press wise, um, press wise, I thought it was the same, a little bit better, but not nothing like significant. But yep. Um, and I know we're jumping around a little bit, but you know, just speaking of subs and kind of Conte for a second, um, what are your thoughts on two things: the the sub at the 60th minute, and then you know him bringing on our new guys right away. I mean, we were, I'm pretty sure it was one one, so it's not like we were winning. Yeah. And, and he's bringing on, you know, someone who's played just a, a substitute appearance in a, in a in a cup match, you know, trained with us for a week and a half now, uh, tops, less than that. Um, what are your thoughts on 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 Benticor getting that, you know, initial first substitution? I mean, I guess that kind of speaks to the strength of the midfield or yeah. – in quotes, right? Like you have, I mean, but I guess that's why you bring guys in, especially in January, right? You don't bring guys in January typically 
for the future. Januarys are usually we need stop gaps and they need to start playing. So I wasn't too surprised, and I think we need yeah. it. Like, like I think we've all been kind of saying is our our midfield is an issue in the aspect. There's not a lot of creativity or um like strength. There's not strength there to hold the ball, make things happen, build any attack or or anything like that. So he brings that clearly um at a level that we don't have in Hoiberg, Skip or Winks. Mm-hmm. Um Winks kinda was showing he's was back to it a little bit, but again, yeah. like I just he's so bad for so long I don't really have a whole bunch of faith in him to get it back there. Yeah. Um I hope he does. Like but again I Bentaker just seems like a better option. Winks struggles when he's pressed with the ball like we saw mm-hmm. this in this match like um I think after we went up he like getting pressed from behind, clear pressure on him. I mean, just like look lackadaisical. Mm. Rojas steals from behind. It's just like, dude, you can't do that. Like he's he's good for that. Like every match and gave away a good opportunity. And I feel like that kind of spurred almost maybe Southampton on to like feeling like, oh, we got we can do this. But yeah. I mean, yeah, that's way out there. Uh, but Ben, I I'm excited about Bentaker a lot. Like I I'm gonna um kind of sidetrack again here, but I. I Social media, I see a bunch of people bashing Kulu and Bentaker. I'm like, first of all, like, how can you bash these guys? They've barely been playing. Yeah. I thought Bentaker looked good. Kulu, like, has played 15 minutes in both games, maybe combined, or yeah. if he like, I, I was I was just watching this game and he barely got the ball. Like, we weren't moving yeah. it out there. Like, you're gonna already say it's a waste of like people are like he's he's garbage, waste of money, terrible yeah. signing. I'm like, so. Like, we need to quit with all this toxic toxicity, please. Sure. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so over it. Like, sure. don't have to love these guys, but a support. Like, I don't. I'm not a huge Mora fan, but I mm-hmm. want him to do good. Make me look yeah. like an idiot coming on here saying we need to improve on him. But yeah. I mean, support the guys. I mean, I don't. I don't yeah. know. It's just it's kind of getting old. Yeah. Um. So we're definitely gonna talk about transfers before this episode's out because we haven't had a chance to. So I'm gonna save my huge transfer or like my my transfer rants for then. But um, I think you're exactly right about the fan base. It's it's always sad to see, but um, Spurs fans, I, I mean, maybe other ones are too, but we're very, like, all or nothing. I mean, not to just, like, quote the Amazon, <laughs> but, um, like, very much so, like, it's, it's amazing or it's, you know, horrible. And there's no middle. And uh, that was one of my big things. We actually got a comment on our Instagram from one of our posts. You know, I just put after the match, just, like, hard-fought match. And someone commented on it and was just like, you know, this is what we, this is how I feel. This is what we need to hear, which is like a more level headed understanding of where Spurs are, where Spurs are going. Um, 100%. And I think, I think that really touches back to your kind of like confusing mindset is like, you know, if, if we were looking at this with a rational head, you know, scoreline apart from it, it wasn't the worst game. Like, I mean, no. they, they played better than us. If you look at the stats, it looks very bad. Um, Terrible, like three minute stretch. Yes, exactly. Killed them. Yeah, I mean, and the rest of it was mediocre, but there were some glimpses of you know, like what we could be. And I mean, there have been many games this season that had zero glimpses. You know, not even a glimpse of what we could be. Zero shots on goal. Zero shots on target. You know, those are the ones you can be really upset about, you know, like, you know, throw the whole ship overboard, you know, sink the ship here, you know. Um, but for, for games like this, I think with a more rational head, a more rational mindset, 
from what I saw, it was again, very back and forth. There was enough good things to take from it where I would be able to personally build on it. If I was the manager, you know, aggressively build on it and, uh, you know, take away a lot of good things. Um, speaking of good things, I'm, what I would put as my man of the match, and I just want your opinion of, of his play recently, uh, Hugo Lloris. You know, at least for, for you know, Tottenham, man of the match. Um, and he has been, in my opinion, just to further that up, I think if he keeps this up, he, he will get my vote for player of the season. Um, you know, where we land and stuff all, all depends on that. But I think he has been, I mean, the amount of world-class saves that he can do in, in like multiple times in a game, you don't see any other keeper doing that. You know, if, if we want to talk about the bads, it could have been 5-1. You know, it could have been way worse if not for Hugo. 5-2, but yeah, no. We scored two goals. We scored two. I know, but I'm saying, like, it could have just right. been way worse. Yeah. Like, he could have... No, he... And that you're right, but I mean that's Hugo. That's what you expect out of Hugo, and that's kind of like the unfortunate thing for him, right? Is like yeah. he's set that bar so high, you're like, meh. That's just yeah. Hugo being Hugo. But yeah, <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, he is huge for us. I don't know if I. He's definitely up there. Um, yeah, someone I don't think is getting enough talked about too. And like I'm not trying to like Hugo had he was great. He mm-hmm. always comes up big when we need him. He had a couple yeah. mistakes, but nothing crazy. I mean, he struggles coming out on corners. That's always been his thing, right? So yeah. obviously, he I think had a couple of like With. close calls on that. Yeah, but I mean, again, that's Hugo, right? Like you can't. That's that's his weakness. It's like kind of like yeah, can't one hundred percent like go at him for it. Uh, but I thought Kane was really good. I think yeah, uh, he I think it doesn't get talked enough. He's had a he's looked really good for us the fast the past few weeks for sure yeah. um getting really back into himself he looked good passing switching the field um didn't have i think he sh- maybe could have had a goal that had her should have probably put it on target and the I think that was the second half um but yeah he's look he looked really good too so he was up there it's probably between reggie kane and, and hugo for my man of the matches nice. one of those three i wouldn't be upset uh, Kane didn't have the stats with assists or anything, but I thought he looked really good. Yeah. No, I think I think Kane has been uh, – I think you're exactly right. Uh, he's been growing into the season, like, very slowly, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but for the last couple months, I mean, he's been getting better and better. Uh, I'm misquoting this, but there was definitely a, set, a stat from the commentators that are saying, like, he scored 13 out of his last 12 matches or, like, 13 goals in his last 12, ma- 12 matches. Um which I mean, that's normal Kane, and but that and that's still like ungodly for most strikers. Um, but he's definitely getting more confidence, and not just his striking ability. He's doing more of that what we saw before, where like you could find him basically at any part of the pitch. I'm pretty sure he had at least one uh, goal line save on one of those corners. Um, and then yeah, just just doing like the real necessary things. Um, I, I think you're. Great, great shot. I think Kane has did play well. And when you look at the stats, he's not on the score sheet or anything. We didn't win. Uh, he, his effort might go, you know, unseen by most people when they look back. Um, but no, great shot. I think you're exactly right. I think Kane, and that's someone who I don't have, like, written anywhere in my notes, so I probably wouldn't have brought it up. Um, you and I both. But I just, yeah. I just from watching, I know, like, on, on our second goal, he was – 
he's the one who played Kane or uh, Mora through. Yes. And I was just trying to remember if he was involved in our first goal at all. Uh, I don't think so. Maybe in the little build up before it kind of got recycled, I think. But yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. you almost hear the opportunity for Reggie. Like, yep. like those are those passes that he's he's getting even better at. That yep. are huge. Well, and I've been watching, like, uh, I mean, these highlights and then the highlights from the Brighton match. Um, and it's something you will always hear me screaming about if you're at a game with me or, you know, I know I've done it on this show a few times, but just the ability for our forwards to run and move dynamically. And I mean, that really comes down to Kane. Like lots of times he's just not doing that, but I've been seeing him do the drop back, the run in the run across the field, you know, that just like moves. It's like, you know, moving the whole tide across the field. Um, and I've been seeing that from Kane and that's what we need. So yeah, great shout out. Kind of got a little off track with that, but yeah. no, I mean, great shout out. We we got way off track. We I mean, we oh, yeah. went from scoring to not even talking about giving up the equalizer. We just went, went straight. We're already in the second half. We're already in the second half. Yes. Well, all right. Let, let's go back a little bit. We don't have to stick on for too long, but talking about that goal in the twenty third minute. So it's only five minutes after we score. This is kind of you know just what we're talking about with the confusion which is like we score, we had been playing good going forward, and then, you know, the whole, you know, the whole thing just starts to break down and they get what is Dude. basically a pretty easy goal. Um, I know I know, Davies, you know, really looks bad. Davies looks terrible in this one. You know, and I think he's the one that gets the poster, you know, made out of him. But uh, it did. the shot didn't come right after that. There were still two or three more touches and passes and defenders that could have done something before the ball goes yeah. in the back of the net. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yes and no. I mean, you're right. I think – but, I mean, it all comes down to, a, like, a, I don't know what happened. Like, just – the Davies thing was huge, though. Like, that's yeah. one, two, and three on the list, right? Like, that's not, like, one. That's one, yeah. two, and three. Like, um, terrible little thing. And then I think, what was it? It gets kind of popped up then, I think. And then I thought Davison did as, as good as he could on that little clearance. Like, there, it's a popped up ball. There's not a lot on it. And he gets out wide. And then Cross gets, uh, no, it goes, I think it goes across. No, nah, that's a different goal, I think. This one, I think, was, yeah, it gets cleared a little bit. Davison and then Emerson, it was. Yeah, he lets it go across him. Mm. That allows Southampton to recollect it and cycle it and then get a cross in, um, which yeah. they scored off of. But yeah, Emerson's definitely a little at fault for that, as for sure. But I think he'd be like yeah. four on the list. Like it's just at Davies' feet, no pressure, and he just yeah falls. I don't, I don't know. Like I don't know. Definitely just, just a, a a very classic Davies mistake. Uh, it sucks when we talk about Spurs fans being so like fickle sometimes, all or nothing. These are one of the things where they will definitely throw you off the boat for. Yeah, yeah. it's it terrible. Like I am not like letting him off the hook with that at all. But like I like again, more people like Davies needs to go. He's trash. He's garbage. Yeah. I'm like, I like I'm like okay. I saw like I saw it before I watched it, and then I watched the match, and I'm like, that's pretty much like the only really terrible thing he did. Like he wasn't bad besides that. Like people, let's calm down. Like yeah, it's bad. It sucks. But like it's a brain think, fart. Like those I are little things. Yeah, and it's one of those things where if we had two or three of our our goal balls go in the back of the net, everyone would have forgot about that. They might like yeah. say it in jest, but they wouldn't, you know, throw them, you know, completely 
off ship or you know down yeah <laughs> but yeah it was bad but like again he was pretty solid for the most part besides that like and he wasn't amazing but he had a yeah. pretty solid match and didn't really have too many major mistakes after that like it sucks his that mistake led to a goal right like yeah. you're gonna have players brain fart regardless of the level they're at they're mm-hmm. gonna come fewer and far between obviously the the better player it is and yeah. you just hope that's not at a spot like that yeah where it leads to a goal like if it's further up the field and you know maybe you have time to recover but yeah it sucks but again like step back people like yeah, he's been really good for us this year, especially when Conte when Conte came in. He's been he's been really good. Yeah, I, I mean, I, especially especially in a position where we don't have anyone else to come in for, you know, exactly. Like because right? um, the people are probably hating on Davies for this are the same people who hate Sanchez. And you know what? If we don't have Sanchez, it's date it, or Davies out there. Sanchez is on the left. So like, yeah. what do you want? Like, like let's. Yeah, the the reality of it is, yeah, like if we stick in reality, it's like we don't have much else we can do. But then also, even more reality is he hasn't been horrible. Um, no, but so that kind of that that moves me on to like one of my next questions, which like it, we talked about it with that goal, like it was a, a defensive mistake. But then it a few more touches and more defensive, not just mistakes, but like lack of cohesion. Um, and when we zoom forward to their goals, uh, you know, we're moving past our second goal. We're going to zoom to their goals. Um, that's kind of what I saw also. I know, and I only saw this in highlights, so I didn't really get to see the full buildup or anything like that. But, you know, uh, Ward-Prowse sends a beautiful ball in on both of them. They're almost identical goals. Sends a beautiful ball in, goes right past our defenders, and, you know, just a simple header into the back of the net. Um, we're back. That's like we're back in the second half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're zooming forward. Exactly. Okay, so, but basically, my question with this is, what are your thoughts on? And we, I know we touched on this asset diet earlier, but just like our defensive cohesion, because one big thing is we had two goals called off sides, and the commentators were saying it, and I will agree with them. It was largely because Southampton. They said, like in general, with other games, it's, this is proven. But all season, Southampton have been really structurally sound in the defense and, like, know what each other are doing, know what everyone is doing on every set piece, and that's why you don't get someone drifting and leaving people on sides and stuff like that. Um, What are your thoughts on just, like, our cohesion? Um, And really to pick out players, like, do you think Romero – and I I obviously have statements I don't get on this, but – do you think Romero is the player to be like our, our leader in the back? Or do you think he's just a good player? Like what are your thoughts on who our personnel in the back? And then again, that cohesion or lack of cohesion. I, well, on the cohesion uh, question first, I mean, uh, I think one one of my other friends and I were talking about this. Cause I was like, I saw people bashing Sanchez and I was like, how did he play? Cause he actually watched it. And he's like, I don't think he played terrible. Like, he looked out of sorts from here or there and like out of position, but like, and then I was like, well, that makes sense. Right. Like, let's think about it. Um, this is our second manager this season, right? Yep. New, new system. So yep. there's that whole changing thing. Exactly. And, this is, and then this is also what Sanchez's second match ever played with Romero and Romero yeah. just came back from injury. He's been injured. So it's not like they were practicing together in practice forever. And like, yeah. This is just the first time they started. Like, 
they haven't yeah. had a chance to really come together and figure out that cohesion and figure yeah. out who's there and like how to like the communication and all that. So if that's gonna take some time, right? Let's. I mean, how long did Toby and Jan have to play together to get yeah. all that? Like, like they I played mean, together now. Yeah. Like that's so good. Like we can't expect these guys like who just started playing together to be at that level. It's not fair. Like, yeah, I get it. Like we were at such great heights. We had such great things back then, but like we're not at that level anymore. And we just need to 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 all step back. Like you were talking about. Like let's be more realistic. Like yeah, unfortunately we're not that same team we were five years ago. Yes. Um, we're still a good, solid team, but like we're not the same. Yeah, and, like I mean, let's our expectations and to what's realistic. And yeah, we can expect more, but like let's be realistic about it. They're yeah. they're gonna take some time to get together, and then I think again, once Dyer is healthy, it'll be Dyer and Romero, and I think those two will be really good together. I think yeah. my guess is Romero will be on the outside, on the right center, and then Dyer in the middle, and like Dyer is a leader back there. Yeah. That's why yeah, he kept getting the starts to begin with. Yeah. Um, and then he's looked pretty solid too since Kante took over. So yeah, I think those two back there will be really good together. And I think Romero could definitely be a leader as well. So yeah, no. And I think, I think you're exactly right with the, you know, pretty obvious, but you do have to take it from reality statement. Yeah. These guys haven't played together um, for very long. It's a completely new defense. You know, the fact that we have a new coach, you know, we weren't playing with five defenders five months ago, you know. Um, so that's completely true. Yes, I think you're exactly right. And then, I mean, Dyer being out, he is definitely the one. And, I mean, if you look at the locker room, Davies has been there for a while. Sanchez has been there for a while. They don't seem the most outspoken of people. Um, Dyer is definitely the one that you even see on the field yelling, yep. telling people to get up, hold this line, things like that. I mean, on, in defense, when the ball's moving quickly, you need someone marshalling you at all times. And if yep. no one's doing that, I th- I personally really think that is a huge factor to our second two goals. You know, it's because it's basically like five individuals on the field all trying to play, you know, defense together. But, you know, and I so a lot of people did say like, man, I can't wait till Dyer comes back, things like that, right, right after the match. And I agree. I don't. I don't think. Who would have thought? Yeah. Who would have thought? This and these are the same people who you know. It's it's they're not here. It's all the same people. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but I might I just, have said, but <laughs> I mean, I, I I think for that reason, I do want Dyer back as that conductor and you know, you know, uh, the one holding the line and letting everyone know. And personally, I will say this: I don't think Romero is that player. I think he could be a great defender for us, but I don't see him as, especially with the language barrier and things like that, I see him way more as an emotional player that wants to win less than a, you know, structured or sound player. I mean, basically comparing him to less of a dire thing and more of like a Vertonghen thing or, or, or a Alduero. You know, Alduero was never going to get too emotionally charged to be too out of position. I see Romero as a player especially if he's not in the center, if he's on the right, drifting more up, getting more into like all these different kind of like whatever he feels is best positions, which is not always what the team is all doing together. So I, I do think that lack of cohesion and I, I personally like Romero. I think he's going to do really amazing for us, but 
Um, I don't see him as that, you know, structured sound defender that will, um, I, 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 with that being said, I have seen him even in this match being more sound. Cause I think in the first couple matches, this is kind of what I'm basing my, my, my thoughts off of the first couple matches. He would drift up really quickly. He would fly up if we're down a goal and stuff like that. And again, that's what I'm basing my argument off of. That's what we're not hoping for that's like what won't be good and then again especially if he is the center like he is in this match throughout the whole match the center is the one that has to pull both sides and keep them level or stuff like that if he's going to drift forward i mean even when we you know we're scoring that last goal with bergwine he's in their box you know he's half the re- he's the one who sends the ball and things like that yeah. which i thought he should have done better with his header but yeah that's still neither here nor there but yeah yeah but i mean um so, so as a structured defense, you know, just that little conversation. Yeah, I think that was a huge, huge missing link uh, this match. Yeah, I mean, I can't disagree with that. He's definitely in a more uh, emotional player. But I guess um, I still see he can be a leader, but maybe not the super structured leader that, that you're referencing. I, just, I guess yeah. I was thinking more of someone who's back there going to be making sure people are doing things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, he might get out of position, but I mean, you can still be a leader and get out of position here, or there. But yeah, he won't be as sound or structured as mm-hmm. someone like that. You're 100 percent right with there, but I think yeah. he could also even lead by example. Plus, he's only 23. Yep, 23. Still got he still has time to learn and maybe like find that balance between what makes him him right now and then getting more sound and structured and yeah. uh, more consistent. And yeah, yeah but you're nice. right. I, he would be good for us. Yeah, I certainly agree with you. I think like uh, another comparison is like he, I, I don't see him as a Van Dyke in the sense that like Van Dyke's literally just like whatever he's saying, everyone's doing. But more yes. of a, more of an emotional. I, I can't think of a defender at the moment, but someone that's making those hard tackles and really getting the whole team like pumped. You know, I see him more in that role. Uh, but he's young. I think you're right. I think there's a lot of growth, and depending how long we can keep Conte, you know. Yeah. I think I think he could be a, a star, you know, for us. Um, I agree with that. But to move around a little bit, we've been going back and forth. Uh, let's go back to the 70th minute. Let's talk just a little bit more about our goal, um, how it happened, um, and just a few more positives before we end this match discussion. Um, so it starts, I think, as you were saying before, like Sanchez gets a touch, and then it's into Winks or maybe one or the other. But it's like Winks, Harry, and then Harry into Lucas on the right. Beautiful cross from Lucas um, into Sonny's feet. And then, you know, world-class finish from Sonny. Um, I guess my first question with this is, was that against the run of play? This is when I really wasn't watching. Was that against the run of play? Um, I don't think so. Uh, I'm trying to remember also, even though I just watched it. Um yeah. I think that's kind of about the time we were starting to kind of settle back into the match. Because yeah. I, I was kind of trying to, I was, when I was watching, I was thinking too, like, did we just, did we outplay them in the second half? And I'm trying, like, up until, like, we scored, and then after then, like, it was all Southampton, and I think we had some mistakes. I think it was pretty 50-50, so I, don't, I wouldn't say against the run of play. I mm-hmm. think we were creating some chances. I think uh, Reggie had a cross into Kane. And he was fouled, but he was offside. So if he was if he was onside, it would have been a definite penalty. But unfortunately, yeah. he was offside. And I think then that was pretty quick after this. 
or before this, where um, there was a lot of controversy around this goal in general, anyways, because I think that was. Can you talk the, about the controversy a little bit? Because again, yeah. I didn't see it. So, there, so it was, the was on the ground. Yeah, it was like a clearance. It was like a half. Uh, not, I mean, they had the Southampton got the ball around like midway of their half, and there was like a clearance up the field. Brogia's backing up, kind of like boxing out, and yeah. uh, Emerson jumps up over and into him. And has does it and then the ball though? Like does Emerson head the ball? He does. It's it's a 50-50 call, to be honest, in my opinion. Like I think it's probably a foul, but like you'll you'll see it not be given at times too. Oh, so wow. like maybe it gets called 55-45 in yeah. favor of a foul, but like I I'm just trying to think of if it was against us, would I think that's a foul? Yeah. And I go probably would have th- wanted a foul. <laughs> um but uh, but yeah, I mean, still like the fact that there was still like four or five touches after it. Um, yes. But I think he clears it, and I think, um, or heads it, and I think they. So I can't remember exactly what's next, but I think it was. I think it somehow gets to Winks. Winks plays a pass to Davis, and, and it's kind of in the air. No, I don't even know if it gets to Winks actually. I think it's just this header. It's kind of in the air, and then Davison, who's up ahead of Royal for some reason, uh, plays a nice little touch with his foot up in the air outside of his foot i think or something like that to kane then kane finds more again that pass like just straight line pass like through them which we should have been doing more often yeah and like you're right a really a inch perfect cross by more there yeah um and then a really nice tidy finish by sun yeah but then yeah there's tons of controversy after that lots of uh conte shushing someone on southampton Oh, finger over the mouth, like time to be quiet. Like it got, it was pretty interesting. Like I, he was fired up. He was angry. Yeah, he was. Well, and then uh, so my my thought, and I need I need you to help me with all this. Like the rest of this timeline as we finish this game out. Yeah. So we get the goal. There's controversy around it. It almost seems like, oh, we shouldn't we shouldn't have played on it or whatever. There should have been a foul. I don't even know. Yeah, I don't even know what I think it was just a foul. I don't even know. Maybe people are saying you shouldn't play it on because of head injury, but I don't know. Um, but then, so we score and then there's all this like shushing and like all this stuff going on. You know, I remember just from like peering over the screen, like Bojan or whoever it was, was, was on the ground for a, a good minute after that. Like it wasn't a quick restart. Um, no, that was a long these things. Cause like, cause also from what I saw from that was, uh, you know, we didn't keep the momentum up. I mean, this is a, a, a game winner possibly. You know, we're just taking it from 1-1 to 2-1. And usually you want to come with, I mean, you do just off emotion, come with more power, vigor, control. Um, But I didn't see that from the tiny bit I got to see. What happened after that goal and what happened to our momentum? Was it an instant drop-off? Do you kind of think those stoppages or even like the unjust nature of our goal maybe fired up Southampton? Did you see anything like that? And and you know what happened after that goal for us? So obviously, I knew I knew the result of this match before. So that's actually I was trying to pay attention to that after this goal. I was like, okay, did we? Because like I remember after the first goal, instantly Southampton went down and had opportunity to yeah. score. I remember that like instantly. So it's like, okay, we dropped off right away. So I was like, do we do that again? Because like I'm like, here we go again. Like just thinking, we probably had it won. It's the seventy, it's like fifth minute, seventy sixth minute when we started it back up again after all that shenanigans um uh but yeah we had kulu then that's when kulu came on for mora 
yeah like, right after that and like i was paying attention i was like the seemed like we were doing okay like i think we had some decent movement had i think we had pos- more possession and like it looked like we were gonna see it out and then i think that's when like the whole wings thing happened i was telling you about or, uh talking about earlier it's like he has the ball and it's just him there's no one behind him he's got i think like sanchez and romero on his right but like it's just him and then he just is lackadaisical and isn't strong and Bro- broha comes straight through his back and he wins it and gets a, a breakaway kind of thing like there's some pressure so it wasn't like a full one-on-one gets a shot off but i think that really kind of like spurred on southampton to the point where like okay we got this we can do this like and i and maybe that's what got us nervy again like thinking oh boy like yeah we're gonna blow this again like you know what i mean because it kind of gets you on your back foot with kind of how things have gone for us in our earlier in this match and then maybe it just in spurs history you know what i mean so but yeah i don't think it was like super instant again i thought we looked okay right away but then that seemed to be the tipping point in my opinion yeah because um, then I think that was like the 70th minute, and then like 80th minute is when we give up the equalizer. Equalizer. Yep. Which was, it's it's a great cross, and then yeah. Royals just late to close it down. Like, yeah. he's he wasn't super late. He was just late enough, and like because he's there, he makes a challenge with his foot and it barely misses it. And like, but yeah, obviously if he was he's there closer and challenges quicker, and then. Again, that's kind of the same thing on this the second goal. Like, yeah, um, right after Royal just late to coming in and, and yeah. putting a challenge on Adams and or even any challenge at that one because he looked like he just tried to cut off an angle and yeah, yeah, another great cross. Like, but again, just poor defense, not marking well in in the box and yeah, it's a really 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 poor three minute stretch by him and for. By the team, I guess. But other than yeah. that, like, that's why I'm confused. It's like, were we bad, or did we just have a really bad three minute stretch? Yeah. And, then, like, yeah. The rest of it. and that's the again confused. Yeah, no, it's, that's that's why I think we've had so much to talk about. But it is, it, it was. I mean, I was so my you know personal story, which is funny. I, I I've been saying how you know I wasn't or I was at work. I work. I was working at my restaurant job, and I was serving tables, and I'm. I have it on the TV and I can like look and glance like every time I walk by and you know, we score to make it two one. And I'm just like, let's go just silently as I'm walking to tables. And then I take like one tables order and I come back and it's three, (laughs) two. I was just like, what? Oh my God. What just happened? And you know, up until, you know, later that night when I got to go home and watch the highlights, I had no idea what happened. No idea, like that there are crosses that you know what happened, and so I was left extremely confused as well, just with the simple fact that it that it could even happen so fast. You know, I understand once you score one, that momentum you got it, but then no, another oh, one. Man. <laughs> you know, um, no, it was it was rough, and obviously we have a lot to talk about, but everything past the 80th minute is not the best feeling. <laughs> no, it was. But then Stevie B came on. I'm like, is he going to do it again? Yep. And he almost did. did. I watched that go live and I was while walking to a table and screaming in my mask. Um, It was, it was amazing. And I was just like, let's go. Stevie B. Yeah. You know, I I saw the replay. 
Yeah. I mean, once you saw the replay, everyone was like, well, that's going to get called back. So no one really got too excited. Um, You know, just the idea of scoring got us excited. But um, so the one thing, kind of as we wrap up the the match talk um, here, with that kind of momentum, and as you're saying, like, you know, the momentum swings and us getting up for it. And all season since we've had Conte, we've we've gone down and things like that. I mean, we've lost matches. We've tied matches. I still never got that, like, especially during Mourinho time, that, like, hardcore depression once we get scored on, like, shit, this is possibly, probably over, you know. In this match, we we did lose, you know. We yeah. did come back. Um, and after the first goal, they did come and score another one and take all three points. But, like, I, my biggest fear is that even just the fan base, the people we're talking to, and Levy, we know you're listening. Um, <laughs> Leave. But, but my biggest fear is that people will get that, I mean, the word is Spursy, but Spursy idea around this team. And and I don't think that that's necessary um, because, I mean, 90 minutes, anything can happen. We lose matches. Um, and in a full, as I said earlier, realistic you know, standpoint, maybe not our best match. Maybe Southampton deserves to win, something like that. But not our worst match and a lot of positives. Um, that might be too, like, lighthearted for some Spurs fans. You know, that might be too, like, you know, first grader particip- participation award. Like, we need points. We don't need, you know, good ideas. But um, but I think throughout the match, it I didn't get that, like, dark, oh, my God, this is, you know, Spurs are, are all done, you know, feeling. Um, what, what, what are your thoughts on just, you know, Spurs, Spurs going forward, everything with Conte and just kind of the way that match ended. What is that? What taste does that leave in your mouth? Are you okay with it? You know, all these things. Um, obviously I'm not excited about the 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 loss. The yes. especially when we were winning. It'd be different if it was tied and you know, like late yeah. in the game, late winner. Um statement. But uh yeah, the three points would have been great, especially on the table looking at that. But um I don't like I said like the, again I'll say as I said like the word of the day is confused like yeah. I don't know how I feel about it all like I don't think I'm upset about it I don't yeah. feel doom and gloom. <laughs> you're still questioning yourself I don't think yeah <laughs> I like I don't feel doom and gloom like we look better we're scoring goals like yes this is this, huge this, this is a huge upgrade <laughs> yeah, like this is in like this is like kind of like a little bit the opposite of the, how the season started like. Yeah, we were getting results, but like we didn't look good. We ne- like that was never yeah. gonna to hold yeah. like happen and hold out for anything in, like good for us on the season yeah. as a whole. Yeah. Um, but our results with Conte are like this is our first like Premier League loss under him, I believe. Um, uh, I think no, it's our first Premier League loss at home. We lost. To oh yeah, Chelsea. yeah, we lost to Chelsea. But like that's Chelsea. I mean, that's we're not same. anywhere near their level, but yeah. uh. So yeah, so yeah, Chelsea and then Southampton and like even Southampton though, like I do a, a pick'em league with my friends. Which, mm-hmm. if anyone out there is listening, if you guys want to do this next year as a yeah. Yankee Kid uh, group thing, Let's let us it. know. We can we can put it together. Yeah. Uh, or fantasy, let us know. But I I put eleven points on it out of twenty because I'm like it's Southampton. Like I don't know they. 
and I'm looking at the res- their season results right now. The coming before this, they beat Coventry in FA Cup, tied Southampton or uh, City. I think that was like City's first yeah. not winning like 50 games. Yeah. Um, then obviously they lost to the Wolves, but they they've had good results. Like mm-hmm. they beat West Ham, who's a good a good team. We drew them in December, right? Yeah. So it's um, I think they beat United earlier in the year or recently ish. Like. Well, they, like, they've drawn Man City twice. Um, yeah. I personally really like their coach. I don't think he would like do a great job at Spurs just because of the no. level. But at, the, at Southampton, he's perfect for them. Um, and, I mean, when we played them earlier in the season and drew them, that was a very difficult match. Um, I think going into the match, every a lot of Spurs fans had this, like I don't know, very stats-based mentality where, like, Oh, Southampton's been really bad on the road. Conte's been really good at home. All these things. But it's like, I don't know. Whenever Spurs go into games thinking we're going to win, it doesn't work that well for us. No. Um, but, you know, like, so going into this, I was kind of like, okay, this is going to be a difficult match. That would be difficult. You know? Yep. And and it, pr- it proved to be. So for me, like, I don't see the full doom and gloom. But I think also it's, it's one disappointing. Of those, uh, d- definitely disappointed. Because I think we could have taken all three points. And, I mean, you know, league matches are a zero-sum game. Every game does matter. You do need yep. the point from every match. But Hasselhutten, Hasselhoff, whatever his name is, um, you know, he's been at Southampton for three years. We've had Conte for three months. You know, yeah. it's a huge difference. And um, so I don't have this big doom and gloom, even with – our players, you know, and our players on the bench and, and things like that. Um, yeah. Especially when, like you said, like looking at the whole, like the situation as a whole is stepping back. Conte yeah. for three months only. Uh, Romero just coming back from an injury. We didn't yeah. have Dyer yet, which obviously everyone's got injuries and stuff, but like in this, in, I, I watched this game and the commentators were even saying on, um, depending on where you're watching, I was watching through USA. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the best Southampton probably looked all year. Like yeah. this, this is the best Southampton looked all year, and they had to get two goals in a two minute stretch late to beat us. Yeah. Like, and when we arguably weren't our best, like, yeah, there's there's some positives. I mean, obviously, I'm not make, don't want to make too many excuses for a yeah. loss, but like, yes. there's some positives we can definitely take from this, and it's it's not the end of the world. It sucks. Yeah. It hurts losing these points, but yeah. It's on to the next. Like we have a huge match against Wolves this weekend, and that's huge. more important. Benteker, I think, might get a start this weekend. That'd be awesome. How this win, um, which I think will be helpful. So we'll yeah. see. I mean, yep. No, I mean, and I fully agree. And I think my last statement about just this match is not even about Spurs, but with this like kind of emphatic, you know, win. Um, as the commentators that I was listening to, they were like the you know famous win in Southampton's history, you know, it will go down like that for them. And we've already played them twice. Hopefully they can kick on and, you know, just beat other teams, you know, not be afraid to take points from other teams. So um, obviously we want these points, but if Southampton goes on and, you know, steals points from city, not, not city, but, you know, man, you arsenal, anyone, you know, Lester, all these teams, if they can just have this confidence, Liverpool, let's go, you know? Um, yeah. So we're going to, no, right. you know, I, I think that's, that's most of what I have to say about the match at least. 
I think we can definitely categorize it up as confusing. Um, yes. <laughs> that could be the name of the podcast. Yeah. We are question mark, question mark, question mark. Yeah, we are. <laughs> that's <laughs> great. Oh my gosh, that's being written down. <laughs> um, all right, so moving past that a little bit, I want to do just a tiny little transfer roundup because um, we did transfers in, a, in that episode that got deleted. We had a long discussion about transfers, and that was still during the window. Yep. And, but the, the one funny thing about transfers is we didn't do an official transfer episode, but we didn't need to because there wasn't one until the last 30 minutes on the last day, you know? So, and it was two players that neither of us were expecting. Um, so to, you know, move away from the game, move on to a new subject. I just want your kind of roundup thoughts about, you know, the two players we got in, we already spoke on them a little bit. And then obviously the players that left, um, whether it was on loan or, you know, officially. Okay. So players in, uh, it was a plus, right? I think. The guys we got are we didn't spend massive amounts of money on, which I think is huge, right? Like, I don't think we needed to do anything drastic with like, and especially in January because we don't know Conte. He's new. Like, gonna take some time to see exactly who we have in this in the system and how they fit. Yeah. Uh, but we definitely needed to make some additions, right, in order to really push for a top four spot, which is a possibility. And I think these guys are. I was mostly confused as to the positions, like. Kulishevsky, yeah. right winger. Do we really need a right winger? Probably not. I think more of it are in like pressing need would be in like a right wing back to either push Royal more or you know, or for Royal to be on the bench. I think that was yeah. probably our most important. And the center mid. Um Bendiker was a little confusing because I thought he is deeper playing, but I don't fully understand his role, so I could be wrong. Uh, Syria, ah, but yeah, so but I think they're both pluses, though, right? Like, they're guys that are going to come in and be able to do things. Kulu is young, they're both young, they both have lots of potential to, to do good things. Uh, I think Kulu was signed by Ventus like a year or two ago, um, yeah. from Parma, and at Parma that year, they signed like he went off, like, he had a great year. So, like, there's there's a player in there. Potentially, so like that's awesome. I think like twenty two also, and I think Bentaker is also twenty two, twenty three, or something like that. So they're really young kids with high potential, high ceiling that are going to be additions. They're not guys who are going to be on the bench. I think. Uh, I think Kuhu's a guy who could take that spot from Mora potentially. I mean, obviously, I haven't seen much from him, but uh, he's got some. I think he needs a little bit of work to be done. Obviously, Mora playing at a pretty high level for Mora, but. Um, but Bendiker, I think, is a guy who will start fairly quickly in our midfield because I think he's more of an attacking player, at least minded-wise, with passing ability than starting Skip and Winks, Skip and Hoiberg, and Hoiberg and Skip. Yeah. And, uh, so far, and like so, like et cetera, You know what I mean? I think yeah. he'll take one of, one of those two spots uh, yeah. more times than not, and he'll be good. Ro- uh, Romero's finally back again after a long stint out, so that's kind of like a signing for us, I think. Especially with Conte, so yep. There's a lot to be excited about in terms of additions. Um, yeah, and then players out, like we talked about in the thing, like it hurts to see Delhi leave. Like yes, you know, 
Uh, but I think it's time. I hope he does great, just not against us. Mm-hmm. Hope he just kills it everywhere and against anyone except for Tottenham. Yeah. Uh, Tange's loan, I think, is good for us. I also like the story that he's paying the difference in his wages. That's pretty cool. That he's we, paying himself the difference? No, he's paying uh, Leon the difference. So Leon's only covering so much of his wages. Tottenham's supposed to cover the rest, but he's paying that difference. Well, I mean, like, it's just funny because that's like an oxymoron. It's like basically you're just not getting that money because what you're paying yourself to pay yourself. Yeah, but like it's he's. I mean, it's helpful for the club. For us, yeah, for us. no, yeah. If, if that money's obligated and he's basically saying like obligated from us to Leon. Yeah. He's saying like yeah, nah. he's paying that. Yeah, which is pretty cool. And like some of the things he said, like I know he wasn't great in I still like him. I think he's got a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his situation also is. Like he came in supposed to be a savior under Poach. Poach left four months later. Uh, Jose comes in. Jose doesn't like him. Yeah, whole new system. Then he gets Nuno, and then con- like, and then a pandemic on top of that. New country. Like, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things that went against him. And obviously, I'm not trying to make too many excuses. Like he he didn't perform, and that's kind of yeah. the end all. But there's I think there's some decent enough reasons for that. Um. But hopefully, maybe if he gets going on Leon, it's just a loan, and we'll see. Maybe we can get some decent money back for him, or maybe he can carry good form back to us, because like, he's a player yeah. we could use if he gets back. Um, Gio, I'm okay with seeing Gio go out. I don't think he's really ever showed anything except for like a good like five, four weeks sprint after the restart in the pandemic. Yeah. Um, and then who else? The heel loan, which is kind of interesting to me. Um but if he wasn't going to play for us, we definitely should have sent him on loan. So, yeah, I mean, the loan outs are, I think, were good for us. Uh, it was a lot. A lot more than I thought. And also, I, I just didn't see it happening. Like, I didn't think Levy would let anyone go, even on loan. Like, that's not Levy. Yeah. Levy wants money. Well, money, money, money. yeah. And, and, I mean, I think, like, the Gill one is surprising uh, for me. Even the Los Celso one, uh, I'm excited about. Indo Bailey just like not being at our in, in our grounds. That's fair. Yeah, no, that's um, fair. But those two, uh, Gil and Los Celso, confuse me just because like even though I think Los Celso hasn't really been showing much, Gil's showed a lot of potential. He's not yep. exactly ready, but they were still like the first people off the bench. Um, yeah, and it's not like I mean Bergwijn was kind of injured, which allowed that. Um, but it's not like we had too many options. So then we're kind of in my brain, we're getting rid of our only options. And then you see in the last match the and the match before that, our first two subs are our brand new signings. So it's, it's just when they were going out, it was a little nerve wracking. I was like, wait, you're just getting rid of everyone. And then, you know, we get rid of Delhi, who's also in that similar, you know, yeah. over attacking midfield, who knows his position. Yep. Um, so it was definitely a bit, scary, a bit scary for me just as like, wait, what's going to happen. But, also, it, I mean, I think you're right in the sense of if these guys aren't going to play, if they can go out and actually play, um, it could be very beneficial. I think if – I might be wrong, but when Conte first went to Chelsea, a good amount of players went out on loan. And then they came back a year later, and there was more of a structure under Conte you know, at the club. And then he's getting these basically free signings because they're not signings. They're just coming back. Um, and you know, more with more experience. Um, so hopefully something like that happens. 
Um, personally, I don't care if Ndombele comes back. I don't really care if Lo Celso comes back. Um, but I've already seen good things online about Gil at Valencia. Like, he's getting playing time and stuff like that. Yeah, I heard actually also, I mean, you don't care about I Tange had a good first game, too. Oh, I don't yeah. know about Gio, but yeah, I mean, I get it. Like, if yeah. Tange doesn't come back, it won't be heartbroken, but... Also, I mean, like, I, I would like him to come back and be good, but yes, yeah. not. not no, I'm not. I'm not holding my breath anymore. I, I've kind of, I kind of <laughs> gone past that shit. Our ship yeah. sailed. Yeah. yeah, no, I hear you. You're right. Um, it was it was pretty confusing. All the outs and only a couple, but it wasn't 12 outs like Arsenal. And then we don't have enough people to play, you guys. Oh my gosh! 15 people out on loan. They should be sanctioned for that shit. I mean, that's I know. I don't care if it's like within the scope of the rule. It's like taking advantage of a rule, and it's just complete and utter horseshit. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. We'll uh, get them with Romero available, available to play. We'll get them with Benteker, Kulu, Sunback. Yeah. So, yeah. We'll yeah, throttle Sunback. exactly. No, it, it'll all be fine. Um, yeah, and my only other transfer things that I want to say, I got one more question, but one statement before that. Um, Delhi out. I just want to say. A huge personal, you know, thank you and love story towards Deli Ellie. Um, just to take a second, I don't think anyone, I personally was not expecting a permanent deal. Everyone was thinking, oh, Deli out alone. We're fine with that. That's cool. Send him to a Premier League team. We're fine with that. Yes. That's cool. Um, I don't think anyone was ready for it. Uh, his statements on social media towards the fans in the club were, were, were very nice, were very awesome. Um, but I really didn't like the manner that he left. I mean, and not, not his fault, uh, Levy and the club's fault that he, you know, hasn't seen the pitch in five matches. That's fine. We got to do what we have to do to, to get points, but no warning, no, like even just walk around the pitch and, you know, clapping the fans. I mean, he's one of few players that has a song at Spurs, you know, um, because do you think he knew he was leaving though at that point before in his last game? Do you think he knew he was leaving already? I I, I I can't comment on that. I, maybe he did. Why, why do you say that? Was was there? Well, you're saying he did. He, you're just saying he didn't do a walk around or anything like that. And I was like, mm-hmm. do you think that's because he didn't know he was leaving? Like he thought he was staying, so that's why he didn't do that. That's what I'm most confused about. I I don't know, and it. I've heard things with Spurs in the past. It's like different ownership and management. But that Spurs can be a bit cold-hearted and cold-blooded when it comes to just releasing people. And it's like, I want to say that's most of football. But it's it's like, all right, Andy's gone now. Um, But I just think, I mean, that's football. You do that with players. But certain people don't deserve that, you know. And with what Delhi has done for us, with what Mm -hmm. Delhi us and the fans, um... If if it was even a prospect that he was going to be permanently gone, I don't know. I don't know how the business works that closely, but the just the way it worked, uh, I it I didn't like that. You know, um, I think after one day of him being gone, seeing him in the Everton gear, him post about Everton, I kind of got over it. I got over it pretty quickly. Um, I'm not going to change the name of my cat, which is Delhi. It's saying, um, you shouldn't. Yeah. No, no. He was, he's, he was very important to getting us to where we are now, which obviously right. things aren't great, but like any heights we reached, he was a very big part of that. So yeah. I'm very appreciative of his career because yeah. of that. Um, yeah, he. I mean, yeah, the last couple of years weren't great, but, you know, throw away 
for, like the other really good years where without him, who knows? Like yeah. Yeah, he scored a lot of goals for us in those <laughs> in 17 and yeah. so I mean yeah. without him. It was, I mean, it was he, heartbreaking. Yeah, we don't have to start crying now. Um so because I might, but uh, <laughs> um, so talking about, you know, one Spurs legend, as we're kind of saying, going out. And then here's my question. We have rumors now of a Spurs legend, Gareth Bale. I told you we'd talk about this, but you Gareth Bale coming in. Uh, what are your thoughts on Gareth coming in? And is it something, do you support it? I mean, we he came back once. He did pretty good, uh, in my opinion. Is at, at this later age, would you want to see it? So, uh, what was the word of the day? Oh, God. Confused. I, it, it's confusing. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with it because, like, it's Gareth Bale, right? Like, and I think yeah. maybe he has something left in his tank. But the confusing part is, do we need another right winger? Mm-hmm. Like, we really don't. So, like, him coming back, if it's on the free, I guess I could kind of see it. But then it's also... Yeah. It's a roster spot, and how much is he going to play? How much yeah. is he going to have to get paid? Like, I don't know all those things, obviously. Well, and it's yeah. a rumor, but um, I wouldn't hate it, but it's just really interesting and confusing because, like I yeah. said, I don't think we need that. Yeah. Um, but well, Yeah, and I think I, – I know I said this in another episode. Hopefully it wasn't the one that got deleted, but maybe. But um, – so we, we mentioned Bale before, and my big thing, it's not positionally, it's like just Tottenham, you know, emotionally, is, you know, Gareth Bale came back, everyone loved it, everyone bought Bale jerseys, everyone's like, oh my god, yeah. our son has returned. If it happens again, I don't think it'll be as, like, lovey-dovey, but he didn't play a match in front of Spurs fans at home. because. Nope. And that would be amazing. I mean, that is one of my personal things. It's like, bring him back. And then my other thing is just having another veteran in the locker room. And a veteran above Hugo Lloris, a veteran above Harry Kane, who's you know turning into one of our like oldest veterans. Because our locker room and bench is, is going to be one of the youngest teams very, very soon. Uh, it's already one of the younger teams for sure. And, and it really is, other than the few players, because even the players who have been, been here for a while were fairly young. Um, so I don't know. I mean, from watching, remembering, you know, some of the videos Bale did last season and stuff, I don't know how serious he is in training, but I do think just having that knowledge of veteran, you know, legacy uh, can definitely help. And then you do that under Conte. Um, I think it could be. I think uh, next be, right wing back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, Doug, the way he was putting crosses in with with no effort last season. I, mean, I he he's a good player. I just yeah. Again, he hasn't touched the ball all year this year. I'm yeah. pretty sure. Like, so I don't. I just don't know. Like, I was okay with that year because it wasn't because he had played and like he's playing the last. He's getting older. Yeah, I just don't know. I I wouldn't hate it. I'll say that I'm like I won't be upset with it, but yeah. it's just it'd be a confusing move for me because I don't think it really makes sense. Yeah. But except for like the aspects you're bringing up, like it's a leadership. But then I'm like also like, is he a leader though? Like that's what I was, that's what I was kind of at the end. Like I don't even know if he is a leader. Because like uh, you see him on the bench now, he's just joking around and like yeah. you know. But again, that's kind of maybe that's just because he hasn't played at all like the last three years, and he's like, this is a joke. This is stupid. <laughs> 
I don't yeah. care anymore. And then maybe it'll change his attitude. That will change when he comes here. Maybe uh, more involved. I don't, I don't know. I don't know, but I, I don't know if Wales has qualified yet, but it is a World Cup year. I mean, he definitely doesn't want to be on Madrid's bench. I, I don't know his mindset, but I would think he wouldn't want to be on Madrid's bench. The only problem with that is he'd probably come to Spurs and be on the bench as well, meaning maybe he'd want to go play for Burnley or something or somewhere to just get some 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 minutes. Um, I see you uh, vigorously researching and figuring out whether Wales has qualified. Uh, yes, I am. Good yes, call. I appreciate that. But um, I, personally, I would take him. I would take him back on free. But if we did something like that and then Daniel Levy only brings in like one other person, it, it would be a horrible summer transfer window. <laughs> they have they do a playoff with Austria. Okay. So it's still up in the air. Damn. That's pretty wild. That's gonna be a great damn World Cup's coming. I'm getting oh, I'm getting the feels already. Uh um. We don't need it. <laughs> uh, as a US fan, it's it's hit or miss, man. Oh yes. Well, I'm excited, but I'm so scared. Yes. Um, all right, so this has been a long one, but I do have one more thing to go over. This is going to be more of a rapid fire, and we've already yes. discussed a lot of this. Um, but on Instagram, you know, I asked everyone just what are their thoughts on Spurs recently, everything, the match, you know, everything. And so we had a few responses, and you do not know, you know, any of these questions. Don't know any of them, but I'm worried. They're, they're all very similar, and they're again we kind of touched on it, so more rapid fire, but just kind of giving giving your thoughts on these things. So, uh, from Coach Enrique, one of our you know biggest fans, he's the homie. Shoutouts to Coach. Um, he asked, "What is our strongest back line?" Um, and then, so I'm going to get that rapid fire from you. And then after that, he said, has Benton Core earned a starting role yet? Um, so two different questions. Let's start with the strongest back line. What do you think? If we're doing three in the back, then the two wings on the sides. I think we kind of said it earlier, so it's pretty. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, left wing back, Reg- Regulon. Definitely. Left center back, Davies. Center back, Dyer. Right center back, Romero. And this is like the only like toss up, but yeah. I think it's Ooh. I think it's still loyal. I don't I don't think Tanganga's it. Like Yeah. He could maybe play right center back, maybe. Yeah. But I don't he's not a wing back, so yeah, I think I'd have to give it to Yeah, it'd be Royal. I think that's our strongest defensive lineup right now. Yeah, no, uh I fully agree. So that was a good one. And we did already mention that a little bit. Um all right, so then his second question. Has Bentecourt earned a starting position? I know we were saying maybe he could get the start. Do you think he's earned it? So part one, Delhi double. Okay. Does Bentecourt start this weekend? Does Bentecourt start against perfect? Thank you, Enrique. I think he does. I think especially after today's result. If today we would have won, or sorry, I keep saying today because I just watched it. Yesterday's result, after our latest result, I think uh, it's, I, it, yeah. I mean, and he's shown... More than capable of playing for us right now. Kulu, so, I wouldn't say it's going to start, but so I'm going to go ahead and answer your daily, do- your Delhi double then, and we're going to keep that name. Yeah. Sorry, Delhi. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's a legacy, man. It's a, it's a legacy thing. Um, 
But so you're going to go with, does he start for your deli double? You're going to go with a yes. Yes. Cool. Well, I'm going to, yeah. what's that? No, go ahead. Yeah, go for it. You, you go ahead and answer. I'm going to go with the opposite. Uh, Are you? Not Just only to disagree, mainly to go against you. I don't have okay. to. I know we're, we're a point, points-based system. But um, I just, you know, in, it, not that I think this, but very possibly I think Conte start his two favorite boys in the middle. And we didn't see Skip. So maybe if Skip's back, he it's goes in the core. Um, yeah, I think he is still hurt, actually. He might be. I don't, well, he might be not hurt for the weekend. I don't, I don't, I should look up that information. There we go. Uh, to answer the second part of Coach's question, though, does um, he start in the start? Does he it? Yeah. Yes. And I think more so because I don't think anyone else has done anything to deserve it more. Yeah. Or, uh, I mean, or beat him out of that. Yeah. I think he's got really, has had really good numbers at Juventus. Um, I think he looks, he's been looking good for us in these little cameos. And I don't think Winx has shown that he deserves it more. Yeah. Um, I don't think Hoiberg has shown he deserves it more. Um, so I think he could easily take one of those two spots, especially if Skip's still hurt. Yeah. Um, I think you answered So I'm going to – this is a rapid-fire question, but who does he replace, Hoiberg or Wings? <laughs> He's like, do I go with my brain or do I go with my heart? My heart, <laughs> my heart, my heart says Wings. <laughs> uh, I always say Wings. I yeah. think. Okay. I, kind I think of brain says wings too, but my Maybe heart says more wings. Starting because, you know, he came on for Hoybier and like added that, uh, what Hoybier doesn't have, maybe that, that ball control. But I think if you are going to start and play 90 minutes, maybe you have the strength of Hoybier and then the ball control. Yeah. But I think, yeah. I we think will see what... that this weekend. We will find that out this weekend. I got a few more questions for you. All right. So another one. Uh, well, we had another one from my boy Johnny Watkins, um, and he just says defense. Now, I think he, you know, saying that's what we should discuss. I think we discuss defense a lot, so I don't think we need to rehash that out too much more. Um, I will just touch on it real quick. I don't think we need to get too crazy about it. I think it was a really bad two-minute stretch. Yeah. Um, and then it was okay for the most part before, uh, like the rest of the match. Like I don't think we. We didn't. We weren't great, but like, yeah. No, I mean, I think I think the cohesion of our defense needs to get better. We mentioned that earlier, and just you know, uh, a lot of them are young, but I, I think it will get better. I do think Romero, not in the center, but in the the, the right back position, uh, will, will be a lot better. Um, so those are my main thoughts on on the defense. And yeah, I mean, I. Uh, our Time. mistakes are what caused the goals that went against us, but I don't think they're exactly you know why we lost. Um, there, the mistakes are why we lost, but not like the only reason. But like again, it's yeah, like they're yeah. little things. I don't think it's like I don't think it's anything we have to get too worried about because like you were just saying, like the key, the co- cohesion will come right. Like yeah. once we get Dyer and we get. Uh, Romero and Davies playing more. It, yeah, I think things will be better. Okay, so I got another one for you. This one might be a little bit longer. We'll try and try and make it as quick as possible. So from my boy Christian, uh, official Long Beach Spur uh, and LA Spur, 
But he's wondering um, our new signings with Paratici, which, you know, I guess his signings in the summer count too. But so the summer and the winter. Um, so our signings with Paratici and how they compare towards when we just had Hitchin. Um, and this is a good question considering uh, Hitchin is now out the door. Yeah. Uh, there hasn't been too much news on exactly how or why that worked. I am very curious. He's uh, favorite for the Everton job. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, and then the other, the other hard part about answering this question is I don't know exactly when Steve Hitchin like really started, so I don't know exactly who I can put in that category. But if we go back a few years, like ever, ever since Inda Melee, and just the fact that there were no signings for so long, yeah, um, What's that? you know exactly, but. The people I he think, signed, I mean, I mean, Lo Celso, Ndombele, Joe Roden. Um, I think you can even go farther back. I think he was part of that, like, seven that came in when we sold Bale. I'm pretty okay. sure. Only one so of like, them out. Erickson and I think that's, like, and Sonny. Yeah. So, like, Erickson and Sonny, I think, are two of his bigger ones. And then nice. that's kind of a, he missed on Lamella, in my opinion. He missed on Shadley. He missed, like, he oh, missed yeah. a lot. I uh, I think Jan Ver or no uh Vincent Jensen and yeah uh Soldado Soldado was so good so, uh, yeah Vincent Jensen yeah so many good 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 things um, yeah even some of these loans he brought in were confusing yeah um, I mean um, loans in and out I mean even just like bail for half a year and then just like I and I and I don't know how much you know where Hitchens job starts and stops but. Just our signing mentality of yeah. wait to the last day, work on the cheapest loan possible. You know, I, again, I don't know if that's him or ownership, but I'm pretty sure he's a huge part of that. Um, it's both. I, but I it's mean, also you know, and, and I think we definitely, it's the last time you'll hear me say his name, uh, hopefully, but I think we really fucked up on the, uh, you know, Triore because if we would have offered $5 million more, we would have had him. But you know that's just that's just a whole different thing. That's me personally, you know, being a Triore yeah. fan. Um, but I don't know, so I don't know if that's Steve Hitchin or what. But I think it is very telling that at the end of this window, Steve Hitchin's out. Uh, it might be because he has another job lined up. But um, I I personally think, especially with the lack of everything that was said, it seemed more of like a sacking than a like parting ways. Yeah, I th I think it's a little bit of a lot of things. I think. I don't like I said. You're, I'm 100 with you. I don't know exactly when Hitchin took over, but I think he's been there for a bit. Um, and it's really hard to compare him with Paracci already, just because yeah. Paracci's been here for a year and a half now. No, no, this summer. Yeah, this summer is when he came in. So like, yeah, he's half a year. Yeah. So it's really hard to compare someone with maybe a 10 year resume to someone with a half year. Yeah. Um, I will say though. There's some things you can compare. I think we have been. I think our scouting and who we're scouting is is better quality. Well, they're I mean, all you can Italian or playing in the Italian league. <laughs> I think that's that'll be because he knows the Italian league. He knows how yeah. to how to deal with those clubs. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I just think there's it's the thing that's I think is still there that hurts both maybe those two legacies in general is, is Levy. I think I don't think because Parachi I think picks the names and who we're who we're gonna sign, but I still think it comes down to Levy and negotiating. I think.
for sure. So he's in the price and stuff like that. Yeah. So he's still gonna. I, I I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong in there. So, uh, but yeah, we wait too long every time. Um, it is frustrating. Uh, I. But yeah, we'll see. I I don't know. It's really hard to compare. But Hitchens missed a lot. His scouting seemed pretty terrible. Um, yeah. Yeah. It seemed. So. Like, I mean, I think when Hitchens was here, I would see, and I've complained about this before. You'd see good to like mediocre to good players. That when we're looking for good players go to shit teams and it's like how how did that team get that awesome player and how is he not even like in our you know email list or you know w- what's going on and so i and yeah. then we get random ass you know players we miss a lot. google yeah i think we miss a lot and i hope i hope that changes yeah i can i guess let me i can maybe again i because i don't know how much is on hitchens and how much is on levy but Let's just say we barely missed out on Bruno Fernandez. Mm-hmm. We missed out on Ruben Diaz. Yep. And those are two quality players that we should have probably signed, but. Oh, we missed out on Madison. Not Madison, but like you know, uh, Jack Grealish no, really? really? at 25 million. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's Levy or. I don't know if that's Hitchens, but I mean, I, I think it's I mean, both. But. Before Paratici, you can definitely say that obviously it's a mix of both. You know, yeah. again, where that where that line stops and the other one starts, we don't really know. So that's kind of our thoughts on Paratici and Hitchens. We're gonna move a little bit forward to the last one. Uh, you might know this this fellow Instagrammer. His Instagram goes by Bob Turns. Uh, <laughs> And he asks, wouldn't I don't know be- him. You don't know this guy? I have no idea who this guy is. Wish I didn't know him if I didn't know him. He's a terrible person. Okay. He's my brother. No, he's uh, my brother. Is he this he's the Spurs fan, brother? Yeah. Yep. Awesome. All right, Bob, Robert, what's up? How you doing? Welcome to the show. Um, all right, so he asks, would we would we be better using a 343 or a 352? Which it's very, I mean, it's basically what we're using. We're using a mix of those, but what are your thoughts formation wise? We were getting confused earlier, and I was like, bro, you're jumping to the Instagram questions. That's um, funny. I, so I think 343 is what Conte likes, but I think in our, we've played a 352 a couple times, and I think that those are the matches we've looked best in. I think a 352 is Liverpool, we played a 352. Mm-hmm. Uh, we looked good in that match. And I think the other 3-5-2 was... Um, what's the Leicester match? Possibly. But look, We've only played a couple times, but I think that suits us best right now. Yeah. Uh, in the long term, yeah, I think maybe going to that 3-4-3 just because Conte can figure that out, and I know he likes that more. But I think currently we should be trying that 3-5-2 because I think it just works best for us. So in, in the main difference with the 3-5-2 for, for us versus the 3-4-3 is in the 3-5-2, we have like two main attackers. So Kane and then Sonny or maybe Bergwijn or something like that. And then three main like central midfielders. It might even include Lucas, but he's more in that midfield role. Is that the difference between the yeah, three and the two up top? The big difference is the two up top working off each other instead of the two outside wingers. Um, uh, so, and okay. I think 
it just works more. I think with who we have, having a little bit more of the those guys in the middle, like I think with Mora, especially he creates more havoc when he's in the middle, making because yes. he he's an engine. He runs around. He's yeah. So like I think he gets people discombobulated. Goes at like I think he's more efficient. I think Sunny is even a little like works a little bit better in that situation too. Maybe yeah, uh, making run in and off off Kane. Kane can like drop deep a little bit, and then you can have Sunny over the top or going behind. And I think he makes him a little bit more dangerous. But yeah. well, and I'll say I, I think this is a very good question. But in my full opinion, like when when the lineups come out and they go into formation and stuff like that. In my opinion, it's it's a mix of these two. And then once the ball starts moving, it's like a fluid change of like sometimes we do have two strikers up there. Sometimes we do have even like Kane dropping back and being that fifth midfielder. Um, so I think right now it is kind of transitioning, you know, between those two as the game goes on. At least that's, that's what I see um, formation-wise when we're playing. Um, but, yeah, so I want to say thank you to everyone who wrote in. Uh, it seems like we're all kind of on the same page as far as what's going on and what we are all concerned with. Um, but, you know, not the best result. Uh, Spurs are finally scoring again. Again, two balls pulled out of the back of the net. Um, but I think, you know, we got Wolves coming up. It's going to be very difficult. That's going to be a tough one. And City after that. Um, I think if Spurs can – really just keep up this, you know, the fight that they've been giving, especially from players like Harry Kane, um, Harry Kane and now Sun being back. It's going to be a very interesting rest of the season. We don't have too much more. You know, it's, it's, it's going to end sometime soon, but um, I'm excited. I'm, I'm positive as usual for what's going down um, after this. Yeah, it's – yeah, we got to throw in a – Arsenal remake up in there too. Yeah, not even reschedule. I mean, you know, we're still down three matches compared to other people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so fun times <laughs> at White Hart Lane. Um, glad to be back on the podcast with you, my man. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. To everyone who listens, we appreciate you, and we are going to try our hardest to be here every week. I mean, that's the goal, so we're going to try and do it. But uh, thank you guys again. We're happy to be back. We're excited to be back. And uh, hopefully Spurs will you know, we'll be celebrating a win uh, this next week. Yeah, I guess, well, I mean, do I, we have time to preview Wolves? I mean, how, like real yeah, quick, like, how do you feel about yeah, it? Like, yeah. no, let's do it. Uh, I'm perfectly yeah, down. Quick, you don't have to go in depth because I know it's been a while. I, mean, I don't want to keep our listeners too long or if they're even yeah, still here. Yeah. If you are, thank you. Yep. But yeah, I just real. I mean, we got wolves this weekend, so I don't know how you're feeling um, in general. Uh, you, but well, so two things. So wolves have been playing good. Their new managers like got them working and stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. It's at home, which like other than that last match, our home has been a pretty much a fortress. Um, it's early on Sunday. Um, we don't play well on Sunday, but that's our whole season, in my opinion. But really, I'm not worried. You know why? Because they got rid of Adama Traore. Who's going to fucking attack down the left and right? Who's going to be their midfield dynamite? Nobody. Nobody. They might have great goal scorers, but they don't have shit now. Everyone said he couldn't do anything. Well, he could run down your throat about 20 million times. 
you know, run straight down your team about 20 million times and then not do anything. Well, that does a yeah. lot for your team. So I think when that's taken away, an assist. You so yeah, yeah, you might not be able to do that part, but so um, that's all that matters. Like he can run at me and make me nervous, but if nothing happens after him, I don't care. Well, but he might not be scoring or assisting, but you know, when he runs down your team like ten times, your team gets tired number one, and then you know, un you know, oh. unenthused confidence goes, and then the, the fans are on the opposite side too. So it's a big thing. I mean and either way, I don't see anyone on their team that stands out. I mean, I like uh, Neves up top. I like, you know, a lot of their midfield players. But I think all of those are players we can put in a box. Um, and I'm not really too worried. So those are my predictions. I'm not saying it's a straightforward win. I think it will be difficult. But I think it is, even more so than Southampton, a winnable game. That's fair. Um I'm just looking. Currently, they're down one nothing to Arsenal, so clearly they're beatable if Arsenal is beating them. Oh, so that's good. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. I'd rather I think I have Wolves Wolves win for sure, uh, for sure. even if they think they jump us in the table, but they have a game in hand. But yeah, yeah. it's a winnable game. It's not going to be easy. It's it's a little bit more difficult to sound Southampton, I'd say, but um, yeah, I'll see why we can't. Plus, they have an extra uh, one day less rest than us, so that's good. Oh yes, that is exactly right. So that's um, a help. Yeah, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see the, the lineup, see if, what changes, if any, we make because obviously this result didn't go our way. So yeah, um, I expect to see Bendiker. Um, hopefully, Dyer can be back and healthy. I'm not. Yep. I'm not sure about all that yet. Um, but yeah, well, I mean, big match, important yep. match, home match. Let's not let the fans down again. Fans, let's be uh, let's let's support, not be so toxic. Yep. And yep. Uh, exactly. Now it's it's a yeah. big one. Uh, I'm glad we did do this little look forward, uh, look ahead to it. Oh, um, when's your birthday? Because I want to buy you an Adame Traore jersey. Because you no, are. No, please, I don't want it. If you I, the, yours, the animation and the excitement that you had talking about him just now, like you clearly no. are the biggest Adama fan, and I, it's fine. You you can be a I, fan. I'm an Adama at Spurs fan. He can do whatever the hell he wants in league, you know, in Syria or league, whatever. Aliyah, um, I don't He's care. He was one of the best players in the Premier League for the time of the year. He's only going to get better, I personally believe. And he's a step guy for, you know, cutting all of his pay in half. Yeah, I mean, everyone thinks it's a bit crazy for it. But he's at his own team. He wants to, he's wanted to be back in Barcelona since he left. Yeah. Um. You know, fault him at all. It was the clear and obvious choice. Yeah. So let's. I mean, so people got upset at like, like I'm not a huge Levy fan, but we can't get upset at Levy for that. He's always going to Barcelona. He's given the chance. And the Luis Diaz thing too. Like, yeah, we left it late, but I mean, the, the contract was written in. If there was an offer from Porto, had to tell Liverpool they had an agreement. And yeah. if you're choosing. If you take your your allegiance out of it, you're choosing Liverpool or Spurs. You're taking Liverpool, right? Yeah. Like, if you don't have an allegiance to one of those two teams, you're yeah. so. I mean, it's hard to get upset at Levy over that, but there's other things we can get upset at Levy for. So, <laughs> well, look, all right. Just so my birthday is July 25th. You can get me a jersey. I don't mind, but don't put a dom on the back. <laughs> I'm gonna put. <laughs> you say, I, I, I heart Adama. Damn it. 
All right. Well, before we travel too far off and before we go for too much longer, I just want to say this to everyone. Thank you again if you made it this far. We're going to be back again next week. And last but not least from me, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Give them a cheer.